Welcome to the 180 Ministry Podcast. Please check us out at the1-80.org. This morning we are continuing uh, the series that, that we've kind of unofficially been going on for the past few weeks uh, on the church. And what we're looking at this morning, in my opinion, is the ideal of church that we all strive for, the, the high point that we're all reaching for. So let's have a word of prayer, and then we'll look at the text together this morning. Lord God, we are grateful for the chance to open your word this morning. We're thankful for your word that you have given to us. And God, as we study this morning, we pray that you would be present with us, that you would open our hearts and our minds, that we would see the good things in your word that you are trying to communicate to us. We pray all these things in your name. Amen. There's an idea in the the times in which we live that I keep hearing kind of come up over and, and over again. And I'd be willing to bet that you've heard it quite a bit too in all of its various forms and in the many ways that there are to say it. Where you hear people say things like, we are more divided now than we have ever been. Or maybe another way to say it, there is more disagreement now than there has ever been. And certainly it's more than understandable, relatable, and and even kind of uh, to, to, we agree with it, that, that it's expected that we should feel this way in the time in which we live, especially because as a culture, at the present moment, there is so much out there for us to disagree on politics. Nobody's disagreeing on politics these days, right? There's a pandemic out in the world, and so we're talking about the various ways to handle it, what we should be doing, what we shouldn't be doing, and because issues like this are at the forefront, things are very easy. We, we find ourselves in, very, in situations where it is very easy for us to have differing opinions on things, and it feels like the world around us is far more divisive at this period of history than it ever has been. But here's the interesting thing. This belief that this is something new or worse than it ever has been is a belief that, in my opinion, is very largely ignorant of human history. Because if there is one constant to humanity, one constant to people throughout all times, all places, all cultures, wherever, if there's one constant, it's that we have always been divided, that that's a very easy thing, that there's always conflict over something. The history of race relations in our own country for hundreds of years, the belief that we should see people as equally, as fellow human beings has been a point of division for as long as we have been a people. Before the founding of our own country, long before we were even a people, there was division between the religious groups, and and not just religious groups, Christian religious groups, which goes to make the point that the body of Christ, the church, is not immune from this type of division that we see in the world around us. 
In fact, it got so bad that there were actual wars fought in Europe to determine who would be in a position to rule, Protestants or Catholics. Even in the predominantly Protestant United States in which we live, there are over 20,000 expressions, denominations, groups of Protestants all claiming that the other 20-some thousand don't really get it. They don't see the full picture of what is going on. All coming together to make this point that even in the church, Let me bring it a little bit more local. Even in the Seventh-day Adventist church, even in the local church context, the division that we experience in the rest of the world that seems to have been a constant in the history of the world, it often finds a home here in the local church. And I know you all have experienced it as much as I have. Sometimes there's division over things like how to handle what can be incredibly volatile situations where whatever course of action you take has drastic consequences. There's division over that, and that's understandable. Other times, there's division over things like what color the new paint is. Very serious issues. I'm sure that each of you can think of a situation that you've been a part of in the world around us, maybe even in your experience as being part of the church, where there has been an enormous amount of division. I certainly have. And the question that always comes to my mind when I go through experiences like this, especially in the church, the question that comes to my mind is this. Why is it like this? Why in a place where there is supposed to be unity, agreement, purpose, mission, all of those things, is there as much disagreement and division as there is in the world around us? And I'd be willing to bet that you have had the same thought, or at least a version of that thought. Because I think there's a very specific reason that we think this way. I think there's a very specific reason that that question comes to mind when we consider often the reality that we have experienced in the local church around us. That reason being, every time we read in Scripture about the calling of those of us who are experiencing life in the church together, the reality that we're presented with is very often at odds with the reality that we're experiencing. One of the clearest places that we can see this is in the book of Ephesians, chapter 4, verses 1 through 3, where the Bible says this. It says, I therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. It's this beautiful passage of Scripture 
where the Bible describes life in the church as this ideal that we often talk about it being, where those who are part of the body of Christ bear with one another in love. There's humility. There's patience with one another. You know, all of these things that we don't have much of when there's a whole lot of division going on in the world around us. So when we read a text like this, we're immediately hit with this kind of beautiful idealism of what life in this body, the body of Christ, is supposed to be like. But the thing is, when we read this passage, what we also find is a very clear and discernible pattern within this text. You see how this whole idea of bearing with one another in humility, in gentleness, patience, all of that, in this text, it has a very clear start. It has a very clear place from which it starts. You go back to verse 1 of Ephesians chapter 4. It says, I therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called. It says, walk in the manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called. In other words, this way of life, this existence where there is humility, patience, bearing with one another, all of that, it has a discernible beginning. It has a clear-cut beginning. This began when you were called. This way of life began, or it was possible for this way of life to begin, when you had the initial encounter with Jesus. There's a writer by the name of N.T. Wright, and he comments on this passage, and he says he, that is Paul, is referring to the even more basic calling of the gospel itself, summoning people to believe in Jesus as the risen Lord and King, and to give him complete and undivided allegiance for the rest of their lives. This is the basic calling that the Bible is talking about that you, at one time in your life, you came to believe that Jesus is the risen Lord, the King of the entire universe. And so you not only put your allegiance and your trust in him, in another sense, what you did when you came to believe in this Jesus is you gave your life over to him. Where part of this calling of following Jesus is the necessary next step of entrusting our lives to him and allowing him to shape our lives by the values of his kingdom. But the difficult part about this is sometimes the values of Jesus' kingdom, the kingdom to which we're called, the life which we are called to live, sometimes the values of Jesus' kingdom look very different than the values of the other kingdoms that you and I have come to know. 
The first of the virtues mentioned here in this particular passage in verse 2 are humility and gentleness. Humility and gentleness are not exactly virtues that will get you very far in our world today. In fact, if you want to make something of yourself, then the fact of the matter is, in our world, you have to put these two virtues to the side. You've got to promote yourself, talk yourself up, be a bulldog about it. Let the world know as loudly as you can who you are, what you've got, what you know, what you can do. The point here being, the virtues that define life with Jesus, love with others in the body of Christ in this particular passage, these are not virtues that come to you and I naturally. Humility, gentleness, patience, bearing with one another in love. These are things that do not come naturally to you and me. In fact, in the world that we live in, these are things that are often not valued at all. But as it is clearly described here in Scripture, this is what life looks like in the body of Christ. Where in the body of Christ you have a society, a body, a community, where we interact with each other, not on the basis of the virtues of the world around us, but by the virtues that have been born within us because of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It requires that we see each other differently. It requires that we relate to each other differently. It means that our interactions in this body, in this community, that our interactions demonstrate the values of a different kingdom. That we are given the virtues of a different kingdom. In this body, we display the goodness of the life that Jesus has given to each of us. There's a biblical commentator by the name of Michael Gorman, and he talks about this passage, and he says this. He says, the task of the Christian community is not first to make peace, but to keep the peace that it has been given in the gospel. The peace that has made it one body in the one God, Father, Son, and Spirit. In fact, as the Bible says elsewhere in Colossians chapter 3, verses 12 to 15, Put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other. As the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. And above all, put, above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, 
and be thankful. This is the beautiful reality that each of us as members of the body of Christ, parts of the body of Christ, this is the beautiful reality that we have been called to. This is the life that Jesus wants to extend for each of us that we experience in this body of Christ. But let's get real for a minute. Let's be honest. Let's be authentic. How many times have you been part of a church where this, what the Bible describes, was the reality at all times? Now, I'm not talking here, let, let, let's make a, a few points clear here. I'm not talking about merely living without conflict. That's completely unrealistic, because the thing is, there is always going to be conflict. Anytime you get two or more people together in a group, there will always be conflict. If you have conflict with your spouse at home, and we all do because we are all different people from different backgrounds, with different experiences, with different expectations, if we have conflict in the most intimate of places in our lives, then we will have conflict in the other places of our lives, including the body of Christ. Conflict is a given in almost every situation. But here's the real question that I'm asking. How many of us have experienced life in the body of Christ where the conflict that did happen did not become an all-consuming thing? I'd be willing to bet that such a situation can be pretty rare. My preaching professor in college, Dr. Henry Wright, used to tell us about some of the stories of things that he had encountered in over 40 years of service to the church, and he used to call them war stories. And for so many of us, that's relatable. Because often, life inside this body, inside this society, inside this community, life in the body of Christ oftentimes can look exactly like life in the world around us. Where these virtues that describe this ideal life in the body of Christ, they're given quite a bit of good lip service. But in reality, sometimes they become nearly impossible to live out. And it's in this moment that we have to gather ourselves together. That, that even the world outside us points at us at these times and asks us the question, is this really the way that the church is supposed to be. Where the conflict is crippling. Where there's not much patience and humility or bearing with one another in love. The plain truth of the matter is that the Bible describes that life is absent of those virtues before 
a person comes to faith in Jesus. That the virtues of humility, of patience, of gentleness, of bearing with one another in love, these are only given to us when we come to faith in Jesus. So when those virtues are consistently absent from a community of faith, a body of Christ, then in my opinion, it means that the question has to be asked. When those virtues are absent, is this actually a body of Christ? Because the life that Jesus invites us, the life that Jesus invites you and me to is a life that is different. The life that Jesus invites us to be a part of, the life that he defines with his body, in his body, is a life that is different. The society formed within this body of Christ when it's functioning according to the way the Bible describes it, it is a different society than the society around us. It's a different society because it is built on different values. It's built on different virtues. It's not a body where people are expendable so that we can get what we want. It's not a body where we wage conflict in order to get what works best for us. This is a body where we look at the real differences, because there are real differences. This is a body where we look at the real differences, the real disagreements that we may have, and we take seriously what the Bible says. Bear with one another in humility in patience, in gentleness, in love. And it's a community that is shaped like that, that Jesus invites us to be a part of. This is the body of Christ that we strive to be. This is the ideal, the goal to which we are reaching in order to make it a reality. I don't know where your church experience has taken you in life, but I am willing to bet that there have been times that church was not reaching for this ideal. I've certainly experienced that in my own life. But this morning what I wanna do is I wanna challenge you, I wanna challenge myself, I wanna challenge us together. In this body, and by extension in your life, because this body is made up of you, of me, of us together, the life that we share and the lives that each of us have individually. In this body, so therefore, by extension, in your life, what would it look like for us to bear with one another? Church members, family members, friends, 
coworkers? What would it look like for us to bear with one another in humility, in gentleness, and in love? Because it's in doing those things When those things happen, the body of Christ shows itself to be the alternate society. In actuality, it shows itself to be the body of Christ, the physical presence of Christ in the world. So this morning, my hope, my prayer for you, my hope and my prayer for me is that the life that we share together and the life that I live in the world because of this life that we share together, that our lives will demonstrate the virtues of the kingdom of God as we bear with one another in humility, in love, in gentleness, in patience. Let's pray together this morning. Lord God, we are grateful that you are a God who has stepped in and changed our lives. That Lord, you have given us a life that is different from the life that we used to experience. That Lord, you have given us these virtues that are impossible for us to live out on our own. And so Lord, this morning I pray that in each of our hearts, in each of our lives, Lord, that you would make these virtues a reality that the situations where we do experience conflict, where we do experience disagreement, where we do see the divisiveness of the world around us, that you would use us as people in this body, but also people who in all of our lives, that we would be people who demonstrate this good reality of love, this good reality of humility, of gentleness, of patience. Lord, that our lives would be lives that point to the goodness of your kingdom. Our lives would be lives that are lived by the virtues of your kingdom. And Lord, that in doing so, we may take your love to our communities, to the whole world. We pray all of these things in your name. Amen. Please look us up online at the1-80.org and at the 180 YouTube channel. Please reach out to us with any questions or prayer requests. Until next time, thanks for listening.